Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cigars and Syndication. I'm Robbie Rogers, and uh, we're very passionate about cigars and very passionate about real estate. Hey, welcome to Cigars and Syndications. My name is Junaid Noor, and uh, welcome to this episode. Uh, what are you smoking here today, Robbie? We are smoking a David Off, the Master Selection 2012, and I'm not even sure how you managed to get these. Uh, they only made 1,500 boxes back in 2012, and it had uh, two-year-aged filler, the same filler that they use in the Yamasa, but aged in bourbon. This thing is miraculous. No, this is an amazing cigar, and, you know, uh, shout out to um, uh, Sammy out at Casa de Monte Cristo up in Chicago. Uh, I went up there uh, last month, and he took me into his uh, vintage storage, and he had uh, a box of these, and I grabbed a couple thinking, hey, you know, just haven't tried these, and so let's let's give it a shot, but this is a, this is an excellent smoke. Oh, just from, just from the first light... Um I get like a roasted nutty. I get a really oaky, earthy, uh, smooth draw. It, it's a it's a really amazing smoke so far. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting all the way through it. Yeah, I get some spice in the beginning. Uh, it's very earthy, nutty. Yes, uh, you know Davidoff just doesn't. You know they don't they don't disappoint at all. Today we're we're talking about something that's probably on a lot of people's minds, and you've probably seen it come across your your news feed or your business feed and you know is the commercial real estate market going to crash or is it going to have a a really big negative impact on things uh around you uh, but that's what we're going to talk about today and hopefully we can kind of shed some light on on some of your fears and concerns well you know the first thing is that there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of clickbait out there on that the housing market is going to crash uh like it did in 2008 and there's no indication it's just clickbait. There's a housing shortage right now. Um, a lot of people are tied into fixed, low fixed rate interest rates. So they're not ready to sell. We're not, we don't have this big boom of, of variable interest rates that are going to reset. Um, you know, the housing market looks very good. And unlike 2008, you know, it's, it's very stable right now. So you know, I would say don't fall for the clickbait. There is no shortage in the in the housing market. But commercial is a different story. Yeah, with the housing market, I mean, it it's really seems to be very resilient. Um, I believe a lot of people, um, the the value of their homes has remained stable, uh, even though the interest rates have, have risen. Usually they're indirectly proportionate as the interest rate rises, the home values fall. Well, in, in this particular market, we haven't just seen that. And in, in the market, prices are holding pretty steady. Um, and, and at least in the Houston market, uh, the, the housing market is still very aggressive. I mean, there's multiple bid offers on homes, and it's actually just a newer uh, market to the Houston market. Yeah, and, you know, the last few episodes we did, we talked about why and how we, we traced it all the way back to, you know, 2006, as to why there's a shortage of, of housing. And so, you know, if anybody wants to go, they can go uh, look at our YouTube uh, YouTube channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, you know, there, there are episodes on why the housing, uh, what we have a shortage in housing. But, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's going to crash anytime soon. Housing is doing really well. There's not enough housing and um, uh, it, the prices keep going up because there's just a shortage. And the next 
biggest elephant in the room is the the commercial real estate market and what's going to happen there. Uh, I think that there's um, a lot of uh, speculation that it's going to crash. Um, you know, you wrote a wonderful article that's posted on albanyparkcapital.com. Um, they, they allude to, you know, some of the things that have led us to this current market situation, starting all the way back in, you know, this terrible word, COVID. Yeah. So, you know, commercial real estate can be broken down. And there's a lot of different commercial real estate assets, but it could be mainly broken down into three categories, which is, uh, I'm sorry, four categories, multifamily, uh, office, retail, and hotels. Those are your main drivers of commercial real estate. Then you have some self-storage and you have RV parks and you have uh, other assets that are smaller. But your main, uh, when when you're talking about the commercial real estate market in the United States, you're talking about multifamily, hotel, office, and and, uh, retail, retail. In the article you wrote, you kind of hit on something that that's incredibly interesting to me, and it's just about all of these loans that are coming due, whether it be in the hospitality industry or, or multifamily or, or commercial office space. You have a lot of loans coming due, and what are the implications of these coming due when the interest rates are considerably higher than they were when they originated the loans? So if if anybody's wondering how to relate this to the 2008 market crash, this is how you relate it to the 2008 market crash. In 2008, you had homeowners who were not making enough money. Their interest rates went up. The value of the house was going down. And so their, their payments went higher and they went much higher than their, than they were, than they could support, that their debt service could support. Well, it, this exact same scenario is happening in the commercial market right now. So let's start with hotels. Um, right now, um, for most office buildings, I'm sorry, let's start with office buildings because that's like the biggest elephant in the room, right? What's going on with office buildings? So office buildings need about, uh, they can handle about a 15% vacancy rate. That means 85% occupancy in order to break even. And right now, because of COVID and because of work from home, you have places that have 29% vacancies. You know, like San Francisco has 29% vacancies. Um, 18% vacancies are across the board. So most office buildings are not even breaking even. And the, the loan instruments on those types of investments, uh, they can be variable as well, which would also impact their, their, their NOI negatively, right? So most commercial loans are five-year loans. They reset in five years. So... A lot of these office buildings are coming up, they're coming up to reset their loans. They're coming up on their five-year mark. And, you know, just like in 2008, when homeowners whose interest rates reset to a higher level, but their income stayed the same, or maybe they, you know, one person lost their job, so the income was cut in half, uh, could no longer afford the house that they lived in. Well, office buildings are the same right now. They're in the same position. Interest rates are higher, um, vacancies are higher, so that means the the income that's coming in is not high enough to support the existing interest rate, let alone the new higher interest rates, which are going in right now at about eight and a half to nine percent. And when you talk about those things happening in the market and potentially uh, these properties losing value, 
Um, what does that do, you know, in relation in, in a previous podcast, you talked about mark to market. Does that have the same effect in the commercial market as it does in the real estate in the residential market? Absolutely. So now we go to the one, two punch, right? The one punch is COVID-19 happened. Everybody's working from home. Corporations are downsizing. Vacancies are increasing in offices. Um, and so, you know, the income is not there to support. And then, you know, the, the interest rates have gone up to try to control inflation. So the income is not there to support higher interest rates. So the other problem is uh, mark-to-market accounting. So most of the commercial real estate in the United States is uh, the the lenders are mid-sized banks. So think Silicon Valley Bank. So the large banks like Chase, Bank of America, their their real estate portfolio is only like six percent, uh, you know, of of uh, their entire loan portfolio. So they're not really exposed to commercial real estate as um, the mid-sized banks are. Now the mid-sized banks average about thirty-three percent of their portfolios in commercial real estate. So now we come back to mark-to-market accounting. A mid-sized bank like Silicon Valley Bank or one of the other banks who are all in trouble uh, has an office building on their balance sheet as a loan. Well, because the rents have dropped, vacancy has gone up, the value of that office building has dropped. Well, now that the value has dropped, the bank is required to reduce that value on their balance sheet and take that loss as a loss on their income statement. So now, because they have this big loss on their income statement and they've reduced the value of their assets, their lending ratios have dropped. So now they can't lend anymore. Which really complicates things for getting projects started, getting getting new developments going. Uh, interest rates are going to keep continue to go up. Credit's going to be harder to get and tougher to get. You're going to have to be well-qualified, probably bring a little more equity to the table, which just kind of slows everything down a little bit. Yeah, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, with these office buildings. And, you know, like I said that, you know, in San Francisco, 29% of the office buildings in San Francisco are vacant. I mean, it's a ghost town. So that's a, the big question is, is when when... Is there a return to normalcy? And is there a return to normalcy? Um, my own personal feeling on that is that there will be a most most of the market will recover from the office space, but I do think there's still a large portion of uh, this new push to work from home or at least partially work from home. Yeah, no, um, you know, a lot of the lot of the large corporations, even if they're requiring their people to come in their employees to come in three days a week, they still don't need the office space that they used to have. So, you know, they'll maintain some semblance of office space, but they're downsizing. So, you know, they don't need the thousands and thousands and thousands of square feet. Um, my prediction, office space will take about 10 years to recover. And think, and, you know, keep in mind that it's not just the small, you know, uh, syndication that has an office deal that's going belly up. I mean, Brookfield Asset Management, which is a very large hedge fund, they have a lot of office space. They basically turned in their keys to some of their office spaces, office buildings, back to the lender and said, we can't do this. 
I mean, it's really crazy to think about that. I mean, it's um, it's definitely a, a definitely a different uh, market and a different time right now. And uh, you know, do your due diligence and do your homework and uh, you know, invest wisely, especially when it comes to commercial real estate. I think there's probably going to be some challenges. I think you're right. It's going to be a bit before these uh, uh, before these leases get full again. Yep. So you know, in the next uh, the next segment or the next asset class that I want to talk about is um, hotel uh, and re- and retail. Now, you know, even though you'll see a lot of people are coming back to the mall, the mall e-commerce really put like the COVID put a lot of uh, a lot of hamper on the retail market. You know, and because of e-commerce, everybody's gotten so used to. You know, shopping on Amazon and shopping at, you know, from Walmart.com or Target.com and having it delivered to your house for free. People are not coming back to the shopping malls as they used to. And now you're seeing a lot of the retail stores going belly up as well. I, I like to call that the Bezos factor. And it really has changed the game. And, and these retailers with the brick and mortar stores are going to have to get creative and I don't know if Bezos can deliver the Master Selection 2012 Davidoff like you did. (laughs) It's a great smoke, and uh, it's very enjoyable. No, so far, uh, it's really mellowed out, and uh, I'm really enjoying the the draw. Uh, The spice is gone. I'm getting a lot more chocolate, a lot more nut. Very well done. Yeah, no, I'm getting a little chocolate, a little coffee. Um, Definitely the roasted nut continues. Not very spicy. I would say probably on the the lighter side of a medium-bodied uh, smoke. So going back to retail, retail is going to have the same problem. Um, you have a shopping mall, and as people stop coming, those smaller stores or even some of the larger stores are going to go belly up, and they're going to leave their, their space vacant. And, you know, 46% of all retail loans are made by mid-sized banks. And because they don't have the income anymore, the value has gone down. Because remember, commercial real estate is not like a residential uh, single-family homes. You know, you can go into a residential single-family home and fall in love with the neighborhood, fall in love with the school district, fall in love with the kitchen, fall in love with the pool. And so prices are based on emotional factors of consumers. Retail, commercial loans are not like that at all. Commercial loans are based on net present value of cash flows. That is it, right? So if those cash flows go go down, the value of the the property goes down. And in five years, when they come up to their five-year mark, retail is going to suffer the same problem. The value has gone down, um, and now they can no longer refinance. And then, of course, the mid-sized banks, they have to mark it down on their balance sheet they can't refinance. They can't do the loan at all. You know, and I think, I think with all bad things, there are some good things, right? There's some good opportunities that are going to present themselves to people that are positioned to take advantage of them. And I think that's what the next, the next step in this market is, is position yourself to be opportunistic and and take advantage of some of these scenarios and some of these property opportunities that might present themselves. Uh, unfortunately, what I think is going to happen is that the big banks are going to start stepping in. You know, uh, Chase just bought out First Republic Bank, and uh, they are already the largest bank in the United States. Um, 
they're going to have to step in or the federal government's going to have to step in. You know, back in the 80s, uh, RTC, when the savings and loans failed, the the federal government formed a corporation called the Resolution Trust Corporation, RTC, which acquired all the assets of these savings and loans and then uh, recapitalized them all. Um, either that's going to happen or the big banks are going to start stepping in and they're just going to start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And unfortunately, what's going to happen is that the mid-sized banks are all going to be gone. So that that leaves hotels and, and how they fit into this market. What do you think... Um I mean, are they in a similar situation with how they structured their, their loans and their deals? Well, yes, because hotels are having the same issue, right? Um, uh, business flyers, which are or business people who are hotels' main customers, not the consumers, are not going through conferences anymore. They're not going to meetings as much anymore. Everybody's doing much more on Zoom, right? It's a lot easier to sit at your house in pajamas and do a Zoom meeting and you know, why do I, why do I need to fly out there someplace and, you know, spend a night in a hotel when I can be at home? Um, so the interesting thing is that with hotels, uh, just as with retail, 37% of all hotel loans are with mid-sized banks. Well, that's really, that's really going to create some issues and force people to get creative in, in maintaining these properties. And, and again, I think creating opportunities for people that might be positioned to, to take advantage of those. So one more statistic I have is that 30% of all hotel loans, which is almost $31 billion, are going to mature in 2024. And they're going to have the same issue. High vacancies, low income, which means lower value, which means they can't afford the new higher interest rates. Well, hopefully there's somebody there to catch them all. Yeah, right. So, uh, but... You know, this is not all doom and gloom. Uh, there are some good opportunities out there. Uh, and we haven't even, you know, I think in the, in the, the next uh, episode, we'll touch on multifamily and the opportunities that are going to be available in, multi, in the multifamily sector uh, with all this doom and gloom going on. Well, we're going to wrap up. This is part one of a two-part series. Um, we're going to continue to talk about, you know, whether the commercial real estate market will crash. I'm going to continue to enjoy this Davidoff and um, look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Make sure you visit us on www.albanyparkcapital.com. Hit the resources tab. I have articles. I have an article on, you know, on this episode uh, and the next podcast we're going to be doing, which is, you know, will the commercial real estate market crash? And then follow us on, you know, on all our social media. And keep your eye out for Byron Estates. (laughs) Yes. Keep your eyes open for Byron Estates.